Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Blog Talk Radio. Our faith has become tainted, our morals broken. Biblical moral instruction outside of religion seems a thing of the past during these times where they're most needed. Whilst the founding fathers of the United States created through faith the very foundation on which you stand, those that think they are higher than you and your Bill of Rights try to stand over it. It is your moral and respective duty as an American to protect those you love against anybody or any entity that threaten health, freedom and the right to take up arms for the defence of your family. It is your moral duty to consider off-the-grid living, barter and trade within local communities so that you always have a backup plan outside of forced government rule. It's time to take back your towns, cities and country. It's time to take back that which has been stolen from you, whether it be property, moral foundations and most importantly, the love of family. So let's do this with your host Tara Beth, right here and now on Harvesting Truth. Good evening, my friends. Thanks for tuning in on the Overthrow Network. It is Sunday, August 2nd, and tonight I have a special guest to talk with us. And we have Art on the line. Oh, great, great. Okay, Art, just kick back a sec. I'm going to introduce you, and I'll bring you on in, okay? Okay. Okay, so his name is Art Larson, and his website is noplaceforcorruption.com. And I actually urge you folks to pull up his website now to have a look at his research. And I know a great deal of investigative researchers out there, but I can't say there are many of this man's caliber. His research is very thorough. And what I mean by this is there aren't a lot of folks who are calling out the crimes or the corruptions as he has. And on his website, you'll see this in-depth studies that he's conducted over the years. And you'll get an idea of why I'm telling you that Mr. Larson stands out in the sea of truth tellers. Um, They'd be delighted to actually check this one. On his webpage, you'll find him calling out some of the major figures of the most corrupt instances that have plagued our nation and and our communities. Things like 9-11 and APAC, um, the diamond industry, the Bay of Pigs, the JFK assassination. There's so much stuff um, broken down. You know, it's, it's all the way down to who it was, how it was done, for what purpose. So I urge all truth seekers and tellers to camp out on his website for a while and um, stay positive in the fact that there are some solutions and ways that we can combat this to, um, you know, to to get rid of this, uh, to combat the growing problem as long as we come together. (laughs) Um, So, Art, welcome to the show, and thank you for coming on. Yes, how are you doing today, Karen? Okay, I'm doing pretty good, I am. It's been a really busy week. I'm looking forward to this new one. 
Good. I I thought it'd be cool if we opened our discussion by informing the site and why you chose the name No Place for Corruption. Okay, first of all, on the website, um, there's a document section which has a PDF download file. That's where all the information is that Kara's talking about, Kara. And it's um, still work in progress, but quite a bit of research has been done there. No Place for Corruption is a spoof on the Anti-Defamation League program called No Place for Hate. Uh, that's why it came up with that name. What happened is I was dealing in my community in Abington, Pennsylvania. They started to have this program called No Place for Hate. And I pointed out to the sponsor of it, Joanne Strauss, who passed away, that this was a front for organized crime. That the Anti-Defamation League is part of the Chicago Syndicate, which is the Bruffman crime family. That's who I said it was. And she said she would never bring a program into the community that's like that. And I said, here's the information. Take a look at it. She, uh, I called her back a couple of weeks later. She looked at it and he says, well, I'm basically calling the ADL and having you registered as a hate criminal. Okay. So the ADL calls me up, says, we're going to have a national database. You're going to be registered into it as a hate criminal. That's how this came about. Subsequently, I talked to the police and they told me, yeah, it's the mafia. Be careful. All right. So. Um, I had directly from the police tell me that the Anti-Defamation League is the Mafia. Okay, So that's how this came about. Next, I actually went to the Abington Commissioners. I said, this program, No Place for Hate, is a front for organized crime. I said, here's a bet. Um, I'll bet you $10,000. I'll even pay you the dollar for it. Who wants to take me up on this debate? Um, the entire Abington Board of Commissioners refused to take up the challenge. Okay, so they knew exactly who and what they were dealing with. Um, also, one of the commissioners there was um, Commissioner Wachter, Bob Wachter, W-A-C-T-H-E-R. And he says to me, he says, I've seen people like you. I've seen you come, and I know exactly who you are. And it's I've been a hard-carrying member of the Anti-Defamation League, Benaya Breath, for the past 30 years. I says, okay. So he comes up for election. And I found out his voters list, went after him, stood at the elections, handed out the flyers, and um, he was screaming at me, calling me a Nazi, Sieg Heil, Holocaust denier, the whole nine yards. So he won the first election, comes back to second election, and he lost. So it takes a little bit of persistence, and... Um, when you actually stand up to these criminals, you can actually not take them out of office if you just have the 42 to stand up to the abuse they're going to give you as that goes about. And the police knew about him. They actually gave me permission to go after him. That's how the No Place for Corruption came about as a spoof on the No Place for Hate program that's now going throughout many of the schools throughout the country. So that's how this came about. Do you have any other questions related to that, Tara? All right. Um, basically, No Place for Corruption is a document I've been working on. I do uh, revise it. Uh, the latest revision out there is 3.3 uh, uh, as of June 2015. No Place for Corruption is a review of 
basically what's going on here, mostly um, nationally and what's going on in Pennsylvania with uh, public corruption. And the more I dig into it, the more I find um, I'm just scratching the surface of how extensive it is. So um, what I did with No Place for Corruption is I set it up in a PDF file, which I continue to update. It's a big file. It's roughly over 40 megabytes, so it takes a little bit of, little bit of time to download. And uh, eventually I will work on it and make it a WordPress uh, website, but for now it's easier to put it in a single document to uh, work on the information. And I show um, a chronological um, evolution of the events of what's happening so people can see what's going on around them and actually make sense of it. And when you actually look at what's going on around us and you look at um, the situation in America like you would look uh, like at the uh, Big Bang Theory with physics and you look at three events, you can actually uh, pretty much understand how things are evolving right now and where they're going. Okay, One event was the setting up of the Federal Reserve Bank back in 1913. Uh, that was done by the folks uh, in the book, The Creature of the Jekyll Island. Uh, the J.P. Morgans, the Rockefellers were involved with it, Jacob Schiff, um, and uh, Bernard Baruch was another one who was involved with it, who actually influenced uh, President Woodrow Wilson to pass this legislation. Now, some interesting points there is um, Jacob Schiff, um, is identified as definitely one of the Rothschild members of the Rothschild banking interest out of uh, Europe. J.P. Morgan was identified also as a major proxy for the Rothschild banking interest, also out of Europe. And uh, Bernard Baruch, who basically uh, became a Supreme Court justice, who was also a financial investor who made a lot of money. And there's others there, but those are the ones I remember as we're talking right now. So when you look at it, uh, one of the things I actually was at the uh, dedication for Benjamin Netanyahu of the Jewish uh, Holocaust Museum in Philadelphia, just on the side of uh, east side of uh, Independence Mall. This goes back into the late 90s. And um, Benjamin Netanyahu says it was our people who set up the institutions of the Federal Reserve Bank, the Internal Revenue Service, and the Anti-Defamation League, Benaiah Breath. What he didn't, what he failed to identify was um, the major party behind those three institutions. One of them was none other than Jacob Schiff. He was sponsoring the, you know, the Federal Reserve Bank to a smaller extent. That part, he was also uh, sponsoring the Anti-Defamation League, and he was sponsoring the Internal Revenue Service to make sure they collected the revenue to pay for the Ponzi scheme. Now. The reason the Anti-Defamation League was set up was as a result of what happened to Frank Leo. Frank Leo was a person who uh, ran a small ran a business down in the South, I believe it was Georgia, and um, he was arrested for um, the rape and murder of his employee Mary Fagan. And, oh, uh, Art, can you hear me now? Yes, I hear you now. Okay, I am so sorry. I was I was asking you questions. I wasn't being heard. But anyway, we're back on, and I'm still. Um, thank you for carrying it on, and everything that you've been saying. I've been able to hear you. So, uh, thank you for the information. And please carry on. I just please. My listeners are loving it. <laughs> right. So, Mary Fagan, 
um, basically was uh, raped and murdered by Frank Leo. And um, he basically was identified as, I believe, a cocaine addict, possibly some type of drug addict. I'm not sure if it was cocaine or morphine. And he was convicted. And what happened is um, he was then basically, after his conviction for it, um, the people, the community in the South where he was living and convicted, uh, basically took him out and lynched him. Okay. There are disputes from people saying that it wasn't Frank Leo who did it, but it was somebody else who raped and murdered Mary Fagan. That I don't know, but I do know that's what happened, and I know for that reason that Jacob Schiff set up the Anti-Defamation League. Okay. He also set up the NACCP, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. Okay. So that was another institution Schiff set up. Now, do you think there's any connection with uh, the shift that Ron Paul has kind of, you know, the Ron Paul movement, the economist, do you think there's any connection with him, like, you know, him yes. being a shift and him? Okay. Yes. Yes, indeed. And as a matter of fact, when you look at, um, uh, what was his name? Uh, Freedom to Fascism by Aaron Russo. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at actually what he wrote there and Aaron Russo says, you know, he heard it from the Rockefellers. Well, I'm not so sure he heard it from the Rockefellers. When you actually do the analysis, um, yes, you heard it with the video of what um, Mr. Rockefeller said to Aaron Russo. But mm-hmm. he was also working with um, one of the members of the Schiff family, which I have in my book, No Place for my uh, PDF file, No Place for Corruption. I can't remember. Now, was this Schiff or was this Russo that was working with? Russo's uh, was working with the Schiff family. Okay. Oh, okay. One of the members of the Schiff family was basically being prosecuted for tax evasion. And he was mm-hmm. actually the guy producing the film that we were mm-hmm. seeing Aaron Russo actually produce, Freedom to Fascism. Okay. Yeah, and it's he been was years. Direct, yeah. And he was a direct relative of Jacob Schiff. Okay. And I'm looking for okay. it right now. So okay. I'm looking to see if I can find it as we look at this, since you're asking for it. Yeah, thank you. I'll give you the actual facts here. Well, seeing how Schiff is, um, you know, such a big name in the <laughs> the criminal mafia, I was concerned with a lot of these libertarian, um, you know, fellow freedom fighter types putting him forward as the kingpin of economics, you know, and I, I didn't think that settled too well with me, and I'm happy to hear that uh, you have some inside information on this. Right, so it was Erwin Schiff, who's a relative of Jacob Schiff, who was uh, the the guy filming Freedom from Fascism, okay? And mm-hmm. that explains why uh, Aaron Russo, with working with Erwin Schiff, who was a relative of Jacob Schiff, one of the founders of the Federal Reserve Bank, that um, Rockefeller felt so comfortable talking to Aaron Russo about what their plans were. Because the guy making the film was part of the Schiff family. Um, Oh, interesting. Right. Now, the other thing is um, Erwin Schiff's son, Paul Schiff, I'm not sure right now. Let's see. I'm looking it up right now. What's his last name? Uh, Peter Schiff. Peter, yeah. Peter Schiff was predicting the mortgage meltdown, okay, in Mm -hmm. 2008, okay? Now, it's interesting since his father is Erwin Schiff, okay, who's writing the film Freedom and Fascism, and... um, you know, going back in time, Jacob Schiff was the boy who was involved with setting up the Federal Reserve Bank 
that uh, somehow Peter Schiff says he's got the information from his expertise, and then he basically, in one day, when the mortgage security market crashes, he makes uh, $4 billion in one day playing the op- playing the options market. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Right. So <clears throat> to me, that's more than a coincidence, saying his acumen in financial investing. I, I don't think it's... Yeah, right. And then his predictions are quite peculiar, too, in that case, you know, it's like... Right, right. Yeah. How did he know? <laughs> is it that he's bright and should be trusted or that he knows because he's part of the Schiff family who are setting up all these things that are working against our rights? Bingo. That's right. Yeah. Right. So what's interesting there is when you see, you know, everyone likes uh, what Aaron Russo had to say, and he says some valid things, but when you realize that his sponsor, Erwin Schiff, is the controlled opposition that we're talking about. All right. Mm-hmm. The same thing we see with Donald Trump. I mean, I like what a lot of things Donald Trump has to say, but he's working with it. He's of controlled course. opposition. That's right. Same, he is. And you saw the same thing with the Ron Paul campaign. They set him up as controlled opposition and let everybody off the cliff. So, you know, basically the Republican Party got compromised again and they got their crony back in there. And I see the same game playing for the 2016 election. If I was a betting person, I would say most likely would be Jeb Bush is the guy to go in there for a simple reason. He's got $116 million in his campaign coffers, which is uh, twice as large as what Hillary Clinton has, and that pales to the amount of funds just about anybody else in the race has. So that's how I say it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, what kind of economic system would you support for America? Well, given where it is now, um, I would prefer to go back to the economy that uh, Thomas Jefferson had. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly, and that and that was definitely during the times like the Confederation and stuff like that, where it's agrarian setup, right? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would think we need to look at uh, the banking system that uh, Andrew Jackson set up because he said his biggest accomplishment mm-hmm. was that he killed the Second Federal Reserve Bank. Okay. Yeah, he did. And as a result of that, from his term when he was president in uh, 1836, roughly in the 1830s, all the way up to the 1930s, the depreciation of the American dollar was three cents. Okay. So over a period of 100 years, with the Rothschild Bank, second Rothschild Bank being destroyed, uh, 100 years later, the purchasing power of a dollar was 97% of what it was 100 years prior to that, okay? Mm-hmm. Now that we have the Federal Reserve Bank Ponzi scheme set up by the Rothschild banking interests from 1913 and really got going around after during the Great Depression in the 20s, but let's say 1913 to 1915, see, you know, 100 years plus two, um, mm-hmm. the purchasing power of the dollar is down to two cents. So we've lost over 98% of the purchasing power of our dollars due to the fiat currency run by the Federal Reserve Bank just printing up dollars, debasing the values of the dollar, purchasing power of the dollars in our wallets. That's absolutely criminal. Right. And even more criminal that we've let it go on for this long. Right. Right. I mean, if me and you were to do it, it's called counterfeiting, okay? But Mm -hmm. a private bank called the Federal Reserve Bank is allowed to do it at will, working with, um, you know, basically getting the consent to raise the debt limit and print more money. Yeah. So, 
tacking on interest and made us all into a debt slave. Basically, that's what we're living in. Right. And one of the big things they do with that money is they manipulated themselves to get into venture capital investing, like the National Venture Capitalists uh, Association. And uh, through that, they're pretty much able to um, take control of just about any segment of the economy they want to and have done quite well for themselves, like the high technology industry. They took over that with that as an wow. example. You know, the pharmaceutical industry, they got themselves into that quite well. You know, obviously oh, banking, yeah. finance, okay? Um, so, and also, you know, we're seeing them invest quite heavily in pharmaceuticals recently. Um, oh, yes, and their doctors are basically trained um, drug dealers. They're not right. exactly working for the health of the people, but to push drugs on the people because they're just treating symptoms with these drugs. And they're putting a lot of children on them, too. And that goes and works with, you know, the other industries that they're <laughs> that they're in control of with the media and they're brainwashing these people who are drugged up and on bad food. And, you know, then there's the agricultural aspect of things. So you know, they seem to have um, their hand in everything now, everything that matters in American life. There's a lot of truth to that. And the first defense people need to um, build to fight against it is basically become aware of what they're dealing with and mm-hmm. um, start being more efficient and aware of how they spend their dollars. If you spend your dollars in local business, then you're creating jobs in local business. So you spend your dollars mm-hmm. in big box business, then you're creating jobs at some uh, manufacturer. They half of the business and the jobs are out of this country. Yeah, I believe in that too. I think voting with our dollars is the best place to to take um, our power back. Right. And that reminds me, actually, we spoke in brief a couple days ago about um, trying to establish some local solutions. And over the years that I've known you and uh, from listening to your speeches, you have brought a lot of great ideas. And um, one that we mentioned a few days ago was the Watchdog Group. Maybe we can... Um, and also, one of the you t- you mentioned about um, Enron and how all of these different um, people are. Well, let, let's just get into the watchdog group thing, so we can we can talk about there and go from there. All right. Um, given the situation as is now, you know, basically we we have to assume that our government is corrupt. Okay. Mm-hmm. which, you know, from working with it, it is. And it's corrupt at all different levels. So the idea that I'm presenting, I mean, I can present the ideas, you know, but it's people got to do it. We have in um, what we have, for instance, is what they call civilian review boards of uh, certain police forces, like the city of Philadelphia, where they actually review, review, the citizens review the activities of the police, you know, when there's a shooting or whatever. And they have the authority to fire the police officers, okay? You know, they have to go through the process. You know, they got a system set up, but they can basically, the citizens who are on the review board have the absolute power and can, you know, destroy their careers if necessary. Mm-hmm. Hold them accountable. Yeah. Right. Now, there's an idea of government, which, you know, goes with this watchdog uh, approach. When the government, um, when the people fear the government, you got tyranny. And when the government fears the people, you have liberty. It's really that mm-hmm. simple. Okay. Mm-hmm. So w- the way we have it set up now is the people are in fear of the government, okay? 
and we do have the power. If you look at, for instance, you know, where they look at statistical analysis of the number of people, there's like, you know, one congressional person, there's like 600,000 people in his congressional district. If we had a watchdog group that specializes uh, having 10 people per congressional district, 10 people out of 600,000 watching his activities and a rotating board with the ability to basically take him to task and to present to the 600,000 represent, you know, people that are represented that community to use that information to make sure he's doing the business of the people and not of the special interests and actually be able to take them to task and to fire them, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, that needs to be extended to every police force and every governmental body that you can think of, from your school board all the way up to mm-hmm. the president, okay? And this is something that's really feasible that people can do. It doesn't take much to say, I'm going to be a watchdog group watching out for these activities in your community. You could be the school board watchdog group or whatever. You could basically go into something like meetup, set up meetup activities, start locally, mm-hmm. and then start, you know, all politics is, uh, you know, you look, think globally, but you act locally. Okay? Mm-hmm. So before we uh, yeah. talk about succession or anything else, we haven't even organized ourselves to actually hold a school board member accountable to the people. All right. And that's right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, first thing you first, you know, let's, let's get practical here. If you can't even take out a school board member with a protest, what makes, right. you, think How... you, any, what makes you think you have any chance of succeeding with succession against the government? Okay. It's right. not an effective way to actually get results. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the fact that people want to succeed, as for instance in Georgia, the first thing they need to do is identify each and every member in the legislature of Georgia, their state reps and their state senators who voted for that, and make sure that when they come up for election, you get the basically you find out who's up for election, you get the you get the uh, information of the voters, which you can from each county level, the people who you can get the voting record of all the voters. And you can mm-hmm. basically send them out letters, or you can stand at the polls, or you can send out literature in the media, the newspapers, or the radio, and get your mm-hmm. message out. Then you can arrange when he comes up for election, that member, at um, you know at the polls, you identify where the polls are going to be, and you stand there, and you hand out flyers and say, here's some information on the issue. Okay, mm-hmm. This guy basically mm-hmm. does not respect the southern interests of the Confederate flag, and uh, mm-hmm. he's basically pandering to special interests, and he's unfit for public office because he doesn't represent the interests of the people. He represents the interests of the special interest globalists who uh, don't give a darn about what's happening in our community. So if he, why is it, what what makes him think he's fit for public office here when uh, he did not represent our people but decided to represent uh, somebody else, you know? That's right, Art. That's brilliant. Right. Yeah, so basically what you're saying is that we need to take back our local powers, that we, we need to be able to have control of our school boards, have control of our zoning boards, you know, and really get involved with that before we can even consider all of these communities coming together to secede from the union. I mean, that is the only possible way. That's the way the system is basically set up. That's the way the system's set up. That's the way it's set up. So that's what we have to work with. 
Right. So, and, and in the process of getting these local communities involved and aware and awake of, you know, all these programs that we should be fighting back, like No Place for Hate, for example, then the more they're going to have a, a conform sort of understanding across the board through other towns and things like that. So even if there's one person in one town that is awake, they, they, they have enough power to reach out to other people. As long as they're doing things conservatively and, and speaking intellectually and doing it in, in a professional manner, um, the truth has a way of spreading if it's, if it's presented right. Right. So I think, yeah, I think if these communities, you know, and if everybody took it upon themselves to establish, say, um, a watchdog group and that kind of thing, you know, how how would we go about that? How would someone go about um, getting rid of, say, no place for hate, for, you know, at this or school board level? Or, you know, how could we say we don't want no place for hate in my town? Because we have it. And I see a sign up um, on this one road that I'm driving down next to a school and stuff. And I'm like, you know, how do I get rid of that? I did it already. Here's what you do. You'll get your uh, little um, um, mechanic set, you know, basically your socket rent set. Go up to the sign, take it off, go right to the police force, okay. mention no place for corruption, and say, this is a front for organized crime. I do not want a sign that is a front for organized crime in my community, and if it's not the mafia, put it back up. If it is the mafia, keep it off. Give it to your police. Okay. And that's what I did. Okay. And uh, they did the same to me. After I was protesting, they put a couple of no place for hate signs. I took them off with a socket wrench and just drove them right over to the police station. And guess what? They haven't been back up there for four years. So you've challenged them to prove that they're not mafia. Bingo. Yep. Bingo. Now, how, how did you get across to them that they are? Mafia. Um, just simply showed here's the sponsor. The Anti-Defamation League is owned by uh, Edgar Brothman, who's part of the Chicago Syndicate. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And is wasn't there an Enron connection to that too? To what did you repeat that? Uh, wasn't there something with Enron, like some of the people who were involved with the Enron crash or something? Were yeah, the, the one the Enron connection would be like this: is one of the major people involved with the Enron crash was Michael Milliken, convicted convicted felon in the Ivan Bosky scandal, who worked for Drexel uh, Burn, um, Burnham Lambert, which is a Rothschild-owned financial institution, which was owned by uh, which was run by the Rothschilds. Okay. They went bankrupt over the uh, Ivan Bosky scandal. And um, Michael Milliken is a major supporter of the Anti-Defamation League. So that's the okay. connection I know about. Okay. Wow. The, the ADL in that case. Okay. Right. Hmm. Now, how do you think a local community could go about targeting, like, say um, – how, how many ADL offices are there out there? I mean, there's the SPLC, there's the ADL. I mean, they're they're connected. Yes, they are. Aren't they? Okay. Yeah, right. Do you know that connection? I didn't explore it in depth, okay, but it's definitely okay. there. Okay. And also, it's uh, Louis Brandeis is the other one, okay? So yes, it's actually, when you're talking for no place to create, it's a little more than that. It's a new child left behind which is run by the Brof, the uh, Annenberg Crime Syndicate. It's No Place for Hate run by the Brofmans, okay? On the colleges, okay. it's Hillel, H-I-L-L-E-L, -L -L, which is run by, uh, again, the Brofmans. 
Then it's uh, Shabad Lugovitcher, L-U-B-A-V-I-T-C-H-E-R, which is also run by Sheldon Adelson, who um, bought the casino interest that he has, the Sands Casino interest, directly from Meyer Lansky. All right. So those are the things that I see uh, on, a, on the schools. And the other one is the Brandeis Institution, which is going after witch hunts in all the universities throughout the country. Uh, that anyone who basically says anything that opposes the, uh, you know, the position of the U.S.'s stands with Israel, that they're basically going to try to get them thrown out of school, destroy them as a professor, or whatever else they can do through filing lawsuits across the country. So that's what needs to be stood up to. Oh, okay. Right. So they're a, they're really programming a lot of people on these on through these school boards and these programs. That's the whole point is to no, get people them. to be silent. Blackmail them. Wow. Right. They're blackmailing gotcha. them or paying them off. It's real simple. Mhm. Okay. And the No Child Left Behind program. What what was the the real in, intentions behind that? No Child Left Behind was basically to summarize the assets in the public schools for taking them over and privatizing them and replace them with private schools owned by the mafia via charter schools. Mm -hmm. And another way they wreck them, in addition to No Child Left Behind, is Common Core. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Common Core was set up by a guy named David Coleman, who also is one of the senior managers of the SAT uh, company that gives the SAT scores the kids take to go to college. Mm -hmm. And he's a used to be a consultant for McKinsey Consulting, which is one of the uh, companies that was criminally involved with the fraud at Enron. Okay, McKinsey Consulting was uh, its executive at that time was Roger Gupta. One of the senior managers from McKinsey was Jeff Skilling, who got prosecuted. Roger Gupta subsequently got uh, prosecuted for securities fraud uh, when he was uh, a board director at uh, Goldman Sachs, along with Raj Rotman. Okay. Wow. Boy, I tell you, Art, there's, I don't know another person out there who can just drop names and, and has all this kept in their minds like this. And what, what I really like when I talk with you is that you have such a clear view of everything that's going on, and you can see how, you can, how it can be defeated. And if more people were able to see these inner workings and stuff, then, then that's, that's the only real hope that we have. So um, if they were to go to No Place for Hate, we could, you can find a lot of this information that you're talking about there um, on your PDF, correct? No Place for Corruption is the PDF. No Place, I'm sorry. And No Place for Hate is the Anti-Defamation League program that's uh, spreading. Like yeah, I know that just slipped out. Yeah, it's awful. We have it here. Um, they're using it for a lot of a lot of stuff. Uh, they're pushing the homosexual agenda in schools by using that. Um, right. where if children, you know, the bullying thing, isn't that part of it too? The anti-bully. Right. Yeah. Right, right. So right. You know, they make it seem like it's, they're doing a great thing and really they're just indoctrinating. Right. So, so we, I would bring them a test. This is, you know, stopping bullying is a good, you know, a good issue, but I wouldn't bring uh, Capone's Chicago syndicate as the solution to that and expect that to work. Okay. <laughs> Right, the bullies the themselves. <laughs> right, 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 and I think that's really what you want to hammer because I, I'm absolutely 
100% sure, you know, the police told me that the Anti-Defamation League is the mafia, okay? They know it. Mm -hmm. And the way mm -hmm. you can prove it to yourself is unbolt one of those no place for hate signs, give it to the police. Or if you want to be more constructive, go to your uh, local school board meeting or go to your local commissioner's meeting, bring the sign and say, I'm taking this off of here, and I ask you to investigate this, look at no place for corruption, and realize that this is a front for the Chicago Syndicate. I don't want to have signs advertising that Mike's community mm -hmm. is wide open for organized crime to come in here and take over everything. That's right. And then you just sit back and listen, see which pig in the trail in front of you in the board squeals the loudest, and you see who's getting the kickbacks. Go after them. Oh, clever. Right. Clever. Wow. Yeah, it does. It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. You know, I, I find that a lot of us, we're, we're kind of skidding on the surface and, and we're seeing a lot of bad things that are going on. We're talking a lot about it, but we're not, we're not taking action. And, well, action you know, that's... You, you guys could, you know, coordinate taking off all the no place for hate signs, you know, on the streets or a couple of them mm -hmm. and do exactly what I said. You'll find a very yeah. interesting reaction when you give it to the police. <laughs> they, the signs won't go back point. up. Okay. And if the signs go back up, that means the police know. Okay. And when, if you do that, then you basically get them to work with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then you, you get them on your side. Right. Maybe even get some to investigate it. Yep. yep. And then you can tell them, you can go to Art Larson's website, noplaceforcorruption.com. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see how it's connected. Oh, excellent. Well, thank you for right. sharing all of this. Yeah. So you're saying... Uh, so I was going to um, I was gonna ask you, you're a bit of a historian too. I, you and I have had some talks about history and all sorts of things, current and past. Um, your thoughts on the Confederation? You know, there are people who are feeling like the establishment, the federal government is really cracking down on confederation. They're they're taking down all of our monuments down there, um, completely just trying to wipe it off the I think it's more about um states' rights, local power and all that kind of stuff. Um I wanted to ask what if you thought it was ever possible to for America to get back to a confederation. I mean you know what? What do you, I mean? I, I guess that would be secession would be the only way to do it, or doing through local power. I guess I guess that would kind of be the same answer. But uh. if they're weakest at the local level, and you're strongest, they're strongest at the federal level, and you're weakest there. Okay. So if you read the Art of War, Shun Tzu, the first thing is you work at the level where you're strongest, and your opposition is the weakest. Okay. Okay. Now, when you mention the truth, I was just going to give you a quote here. Uh, this was by a U.S. senator. Truth, crust of the earth, shall rise again. The eternal years of God are hers. But error, wounded, rise in pain and dies among his worshipers. Truth has a way of asserting itself, despite all attempts to obscure it. Distortion only serves to derail it for a time. No matter to what lengths we humans try to obfuscate the facts or delude our fellows, truth has a way of squeezing out through the cracks eventually. Senator Byrd, talking about the, his opposition to going to war in Iraq. That's a nice quote. Yeah. You know, because I, I 
honestly believe as a Christian woman that truth will prevail and that goodness is going to take back. <laughs> I don't know right. if it's going to happen in my day, but you know, like you said, if if we focus on the local governments and trying to keep keep the crime out of our towns, that's that's a beautiful way to begin. And then eventually the towns will come together because there's only one truth. So it's a common banner. Right. So as long as communities get together to do this, then then I guess that's our only way to defeat this monster federal government. But when you have the federal government intruding on these small towns and making laws for your small towns, I don't know if sometimes we even have the um, the ability to fight that. Yes, like, for example... We, you know, we well, for, no, when they basically had um, prohibition, the people stood up to the federal government and they defeated them. Okay, so it was the anti-saloon leagues with some very, you know, high moral ideas that are going to stop drinking in America, but it absolutely turned out and blew up in their face and the American people said, we're not putting up with it. So just realize you've got gangster government and um, it's like prohibition. We're just not going to pay attention to you guys. You know, you can say all you want. We're not going to do, you know, support it or do anything to help you out. We're going to absolutely, you know, go just like the prohibition people did, just fight it whatever way you can. You know, go to turn your back. Yeah. Yeah. Turn your backs on it. Right. Yeah, true, because without us, they don't have power, right? Right. I mean, if they want to bring in people from, you know, immigration from, you know, another place over to your community and saturate your community with, you know, foreign uh, labor or foreign, you know, people, Mm-hmm. They can't succeed there without the support of the community, educating them, giving them benefits, uh, jobs, and everything else. If you guys don't support them, they're not going to do well in that community, and they'll go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right, so they can make all the laws they want. The community says we're not putting up with it. It ain't going to happen. Well, like here, um, there was this lesbian couple that went into a bridal shop owned by a Christian family. And they asked if they could, you know, get their dresses uh, for them. And the couple said, I'm sorry, but, you know, if if you were here for a prom or for anything like that, that would be fine. But it's it's really against our faith to play a part in a same-sex marriage. So now this couple got really hostile. They took them to court. They had the whole town involved. Um, they wanted to force this um, couple, I mean, this family to, to dress this couple for their wedding. It was awful. And, um, you know, they went through all sorts of court and uh, stuff. They paid fees and fines and all this kind of thing. But the town, it was like just sheer luck because it was really, it was a controversy, I'll tell you. But they decided, no, we're not going to change the ordinance to force people to give business where, you know, it goes against their faith or something like that. So now they're talking about these things on a federal level where the Supreme Court justice had legalized it across the nation. And now we're wondering if they're going to make it, you know, to um, not only force churches and stuff, but, you know, force businesses that in their there are um, chair people of, you know, these, there's just some big wigs saying that, you know, in the public sphere that you can't discriminate. And, um, you know, so it's, it's concerning that is the federal government going to start making all these decisions and they're just going to make all these blanket laws across the, across the nation. Like and, they do with know? everything else, unfunded mandates, let them pay for it. 
So, so if someone actually was to do what you're saying there, I'm not saying break the law, but you'd say, look, you know, our resources are tied up. We can't help you with what you're trying to do. You have to look elsewhere. Have a great mm-hmm. day. Okay? Don't yeah. make it a big controversy. I mean, why, why set yourself mm-hmm. up for all the legal hassles and everything else? Just say, you know, we can't, mm-hmm. you know, you have to look for somebody else. I can't help you. Yeah. Okay, why would you uh, put yourself, subject yourself to all that legal litigation and all that cost for, you know, a bunch of BS, which is a waste of time and energy you could be using to build your business? Okay, mm-hmm. so that's a way to address it, to say, I can't commit my resources to get this done for you. And if they actually bring mm-hmm. in a law to, to force you to do it, then, you know, you could give them a spaghetti dress. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. That's right. a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the boss mm-hmm. got it. Sorry. Mhm. Right. Well, that's a simple solution right there. Right. Yeah, so sure. You really we'll fit to... your dress. Come on over. Right. <laughs> well, you know, they they really put um, these folks in fear. Christians, especially, with all no place for hate stuff, because when that was going on in town, there was um, this main speaker guy who ended up uh, running for treasurer, and we're trying to figure out if he's going to get it or not, but. You know, again, it's, you have to be on top of these things. You got to write letters and all that kind of stuff to try to prevent people like this man, who was trying to make a case why we should force this Christian couple to um, participate in this wedding. And he was talking about no place for hate. He was even pointing at their no place for hate plaque in the in the uh, town meeting, and he was very flamboyant and bolsterous, and and it was like, wow, you know. And, what do we? <laughs> he's right. actually using the mafia to to force people to do things against their will. Right. So it, yeah, this is no different. Cool. What Capone did during the, yeah during Cicero when he was taking over Cicero, Illinois. So uh, look at you have a bunch of gangsters coming in your community trying to take it over. Are you going to let them do it? Can't. Okay. So they're trying to basically distort the truth and tell you what they're trying to do. And once you point out, hey, you're no place for hate programs, nothing but a front for the freaking mafia, the Jewish mafia yeah. out of the Chicago syndicate. Okay? Take yeah. me up on take me up on task for that. Yeah. Okay. So and we just, have to uh, make our fellow townsmen aware and we have to do it in a way that they don't look at us like we're crazy because that's a lot of the times when I try to go out and speak publicly they're all taken back by like, you know, are you, are you saying that, um, you know, the government is corrupt and, you know, like, well, yeah. <laughs> I just say, look, do you want your town? You've heard the stories of Newark, New Jersey being taken over the mafia. You've heard of Detroit being taken over the mafia. Do you want your town taken over by the mafia? Do you want your property taxes to go up uh, four to 10 times as much as what you're paying now over the next 10 years? Okay, if that's what you want, mm-hmm. then this is what you got. If you want to do something about it, you better listen to what I have to say, or at least consider what I have to say, before they rip your wallet apart and destroy your representation in government. What I basically financially destroy this community. Right. Are you just going to sit back and allow that to happen, or you want to listen to what I have to say and actually do the research yourself? Yeah. That's what you can say to people. Yeah, that's great. Um, hmm. See, that's the thing is that not everybody has this brilliant way of thinking like you do our, <laughs> Mr. Larson, I'm sorry. So, you know, we need these talking points. We need this information. We need to be able to pull all this together and then get out there and do something. So um, 
you know, aside from listening to the show and taking notes and things like that, um, do you have, you know, can we make these instructions easier for, say, someone for like me to try to teach other people to do it in their towns or for, you know, for myself so I can do it in my own town? You know what? Because yeah, this, well, this is not easy for the common person. It's really not. <laughs> it's real easy. <laughs> hey, do you remember what it was like when Capone took over uh, towns in the Midwest, like Cicero, Illinois, destroying the vote, ripping off the people, basically taking all the funds out of the schools, out of the municipality, giving it to all his cronies, and financially ruining the, the town? Look at Detroit. You want to see what the mob does. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you want that to happen to my your community here? Do you want the mafia in here to ruin his town, ripping it apart? Go look at Hazleton. You want to see a town run overrun by the mafia? Okay. Yeah. All right. So if you want, to, I don't know where you are. I assume you're in the Pocono someplace. You know, we have yep. a right to demand that we have some integrity in our government since they're going to tax us and we got to pay for it. And it's time mm-hmm. for you to understand what's going on and demand integrity in, in the government, okay? And these are the guys who are getting, you know, are crooks. And by the way, the school bus leasing program you're seeing, you know, first student, that's nothing but a front for the Bruffman crime family, the same Chicago syndicate that's basically putting this no place or hate program here. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right on. So... I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so, basically, you could say this in your own words. I mean, that's what you have to do is understand yeah. it and put it in your words. Just say, look. Well, putting say, all the history together, yeah. Well, just say, oh, no, you're anti semitic No, you're anti-mafia. Okay, you're anti-corruption. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's right. And but by the way, the word anti-Semitic was devised by um, the communists out of Eastern Europe in the Jewish community, the Bolsheviks, uh, basically to oppose, create a as a way to shut up anybody who would speak out against their corruption. Yeah. Well, just like a uh, racist and all that too. These yeah. terms that are used to shush the opposition. Bingo. Don't shut up. Yeah. And don't, don't let them bait you, you know, and, and to talk right. about rate to say, look, I'm talking about corruption. You want to talk about racism? Talk about racism. I'm talking about corruption of people, corrupt people on the take, basically, Corrupt government who's ripping off our, you know, ripping this community apart, okay, with mm-hmm. their fake programs. Why all they're doing is coming in here like the Chicago Syndicate and financially ruining us, and putting the welfare of our children at jeopardy. You want to talk about racism? Right. Talk about racism. I'm talking about corruption. That's great, and you know that's that's something too that you can bring to um, town boards when you're trying to keep like AFFH and that kind of thing out, where they're trying to do these things where they're bringing in, um, you know, different races to bring, to diversify your town type of stuff. So this is like, I think this is a big part of that too. Are you familiar with the um, affirmative fair housing, the HUD development, all that kind of stuff? Right. Yeah, and I do you, do you know much about that and, and you know, who's, well, I, I know who's really behind that. Well, the, U, the UN is. Well, that means it's the Rockefellers who are actually behind that. To, okay. Uh, all right. And so, all right, um, you're bringing all this, you know, you're bringing all the, these uh, foreigners in here. Who's going to pay for them? We don't have enough jobs for people here already, okay? Right. We have a responsibility to do something to take care of the people. 
okay? You can't flood, you know, you think it's okay to flood our local community with uh, foreign labor when we can't basically take care of our own, okay? You have a responsibility mm-hmm. to the community to basically do this in a in a constructive way. And what was done was the most extensive study on immigration was basically done, um, let's see, I'll tell you what it is. There was a, a study for 12 years on immigration. And um, I actually got it in no place for corruption there. I'm looking for it right now. But um, there was a state, uh, not a state, basically a congressional study for 12 years, bipartisan study. Uh, It was called the Barbara Jordan Commission, which said limit all immigration into the United States to 65,000 people per year. Okay, And it was McCain and all those criminals that basically flooded the, uh, the immigration market the immigration, the uncontrolled immigration we have now, okay? So yeah. mm-hmm. I want you to look at what was done, a bipartisan, bipartisan study by the Jordan Commission to limit all immigration into the U.S. to 65,000 people per year. And they're saying that's what was needed to maintain the integrity of the United States, okay? So if we are mm-hmm. immigrating more than that, then we are in violation of the most extensive study of immigration that the U.S. Congress ever implemented in those cells. And um, if you're forcing that upon us, you're basically putting unreasonable expectations and you know expenses on us. Um, we don't appreciate the fact that they're basically printing this money to help these people out, taking care of the American people. We can't help these people mm-hmm. when we can't even help ourselves. That's right. That's right. We already have a lot of people on welfare and things like that. You know, we can't be bringing in others to be on the welfare state, too. I I think the whole plot is to destroy the middle class and and put us all on welfare. And all of us are, you know, looking for handouts because we've come down to um, needing to stand in bread lines and soup kitchens and things like that. Because, I mean, it seems to be uh, they're trying to create another depression. Yeah. Yes, they're trying to basically uh, um, play the options like Peter Schiff did when the 2008 mortgage securities market crashed and he made $4 billion in one day playing the options. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So Peter Schiff, you know, like I said before, is uh, freedom to fascism. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's his father, Erwin Schiff, is making a movie. Uh, he's, the, mm-hmm. he's the guy running the movie and producing a movie that we're watching about Aaron Russo. And mm-hmm. nobody seems to even care that it's Erwin Schiff who's actually behind that, that whole movement. I mean, what they were saying is pretty wow. valid, okay? But sure, it's like, yeah. You know, you know, look who's actually giving Well, they have, to, they have to have some valid truth to push their lie. Yeah. Or to get you on board with that, yeah. Right. Well, I mean, he, Erwin Schiff was um, being put in prison for tax fraud, okay? So... Even of himself, when you figure out that Jacob Schiff was one of the founders in 1913 that set up the IRS, and now Erwin Schiff thinks it's so onerous he doesn't, you know, has no appreciation for it when his own family members actually set up the situation and put him to jail to begin with. Hmm. Right. Wow. What? I never knew that. <laughs> I actually never knew that about that movie. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Art, for coming on. I hope you come on again. I'd love to um, talk about your research on 9-11 and um, also discuss APAC because I don't feel enough people know about, first of all, who are the people behind 9-11 and also um, how is a- what, what role does APAC have in our government? 
um, especially with our the foreign interest and, and things like that. So um, perhaps I can get you on again, and um, I hope to see you at our future Freedom Palooza events. Thank you so much for speaking and supporting them. Um, everybody really appreciates your speak <laughs> your speeches. I mean, I'm sure you've noticed how when you get up on the stage at the end of the night, everyone pulls their chairs over and sits in front of the stage to hear you. I mean, undivided attention, you know, like when you speak, people listen. <laughs> so, but it's, um, I'm not, basically, you know, I'm on the, uh, the watch list of the freaking mafia. Okay. So that's oh, the for sure. Right. But, yeah. Well, I'm going to suggest that you or a group of you guys get together, get your socket wrench kits, Look for the no place for hate signs that are in your community. Take them off and either give them to the police force, give them to a board meeting with the police there, or give them to a school board meeting and ask them to, you know, say we're going to say have one for the school board and another one for the police. And I said, don't put these signs in our community, advertising that this community is wide and open for the mafia to take it over. Hmm. Okay. And I, will, on top of that, I would say that you know, if people are doing this, I would say get it on video. Like do it at a town yeah. meeting, call call your media and make right. a big to do about it. Put it up on YouTube and, and make this spread and let's get rid of no place for hate because really we don't we don't need hate. <laughs> I think that's an excellent idea and I appreciate all of your um right. all of these solutions because we need more solutions going out there. Less complaining, more solutions. <laughs> right. Then hopefully that's the message I'm trying to give people is, you know, I'm only one person like you, you know, but mm -hmm. we can profess, you know, we can espouse an idea that can basically uh, be used to grow like a snowball and stand up against them. And it's something very mm -hmm. simple, you know, a watchdog group yeah. and uh, just say, hey, we're going to actually watch the school board or we're going to watch this community of what you're doing here because, uh, you yeah. know. And also say, and that'll okay. that'll really put them on edge, you know, because they're gonna right. be like, okay, well, everything I do, I'm being watched, because right. they could get away with a lot, right, with a lot this of stuff. And if they're not, if if they're not paying attention, and someone's taking advantage of the person on the board, and you don't have a citizen saying, no, 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 get back in line, then right. these things can just run rampant, and we'll have corruption infesting in our town. So, yeah, well, you we need do. to get you on top of that. You already do. Yeah. So what do. you need to do is basically hold them accountable. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know the reason why do you have career elected school board members? They should be in and out, just like every politician. Yeah. You know, you got if you got fair elections, why are ninety five percent going back in office each election? Yeah. Okay, but you know you can actually make a, a lot of positive changes there. So yeah, you can. Okay. So it's kind of, I mean, how this have the way I see the outcome of this is if you have no place for hate in your town, then you're not doing your job. <laughs> no, so we better get on that. If you, have, if you have no place for hate in your town, you got people who are working with the mafia and we're on the take, and they need to be getting getting out of here. Yeah, that's right. And just listen who that's the strong right. supporters are, and say, "What are you doing working with the mafia?" Say it right in front of a public meeting. See what they have to say. You want to mm -hmm. see people stand up in fear and shock? Okay. And okay, they might oh, scream, yeah. "Anti-Semitic, you're Holocaust denier." No, I'm just tired of uh, the corruption here costing me and the rest of this community a lot of money, and destroying our representation and our integrity of our government. That's all you have to say. They don't have a rebuttal for that. All right. Amen. Well, it's a good thing yeah. to show is archived, so that way I can go back to it and take yeah. my notes, um, as I have been taking notes, and um, and I'm going to run with this. So thank all you right. so much, Art.
All right. We'll be in touch. You take care. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. This has been a wonderful episode with Mr. Art Larson. Again, his website is noplaceforcorruption.com. Next week, I will probably be discussing some stuff on the Planned Parenthood scandal, so you may want to tune in for that. I'll probably have a guest come up if she's willing. Um, I did cover it on a... uh, Actually, I wrote an article I'm going to be doing a, a write-up, a follow-up on it. So if you get the American Free Press, you should be seeing that. <clears throat> but I hope you all are well, and I, I hope you guys have been taking notes. And if not, listen to it again, because it's going to be archived. Take notes. And let's get No Place for Hate out of our town. All right? And um, we'll take it from there. We'll go, we'll go even further. So run with it with me, okay? Good night, everyone. God bless. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.